Hi, I'm Monica Woodhams, and this is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. I'm an influencer consultant, and I'm interviewing entrepreneurs, influencers, and industry experts who are making an impact and influencing the world so that we can start to live a life that we are so totally obsessed with. Hey, y'all. I'm here today with Christine Lakin. She's an actress, producer, writer, director, choreographer, voiceover artist, vlogger, wife, and mom, aka president of The Hustle. She's currently the star executive producer of Hollywood Darlings, a partially scripted comedy on the Pop Network, and the co-host and creator of Worst Worst Ever Podcast. So welcome, Christine. Hey, Monica. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to chat. I know my seven-year-old self wouldn't be believing this right now. Um, (laughs) I mean, it has to be addressed. I loved Step by Step, and I was a tomboy growing up, so I loved Al and your character. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You know, it's really cool. Like, having now doing Hollywood Darlings, obviously, there's a lot of people that grew up watching myself on Step by Step and mm-hmm. Jodie Sweetin and con- continue watching her on Fuller House and Beverly Mitchell. And, um, you know, we get a lot of feedback uh, saying, hey, I grew up with you guys, and now it's so cool that you are, you know, your you're adults, your friends, your moms. Like, I feel like I'm just relating to you all over again, so... It's um, it's a huge compliment. I, I love when people tell me I was a part of their childhood. Like, that's that's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, good. I'm glad. I know sometimes like it's like you don't want to like be defined by the past, but um, I did want to just mention that. But I want to. Well, thank you. Yeah. So I'm gonna kick off with a little this or that. So if you're ready for it, we'll dive into it. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Are you an early riser or a night owl? I am probably more of a night owl, but now that I have a two-year-old, I have no choice. I'm an early <laughs> riser. So my life was turned upside down with children. So I, I have, I default to early riser these days. Okay. And then on that note, tea or coffee? Coffee. Every day, all day, coffee. <laughs> it all yeah. starts with coffee. Yes. Is that part of the key to training yourself to be an early riser? Um, I think it is just key in all aspects of motherhood. If you (laughs) do not have a, some form of caffeine going into your body, you are not a human person. I don't know how you're doing it. Um, or you're lying to the rest of us. You whole 30 people. Uh, Oh my gosh. Right. I know. (laughs) You could never do it. And I'm pregnant right now. I'm six months pregnant. So, you know, I have to limit my right. intake, which it's my one cup a day, which let me tell you, that is my like my holy grail in the morning. I have my one cup and I'm like, just <laughs> savor it, savor it going down. Yes. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. I can only imagine. <laughs> my best friend is pregnant right now and we went to go get coffee and I was like, should you be getting coffee right now? And she's like, it's fine it'll be fine (laughs) yeah it's fine you can have up to like a cup but you know there's a certain milligram percentage so yeah she was um, like no espresso yeah no espresso I was way more careful in my first pregnancy and my second pregnancy I mean you cannot be six months pregnant and running after a toddler and getting up in the morning and and not just give yourself something to get your day going so um but no my husband I got him for his uh 40th birthday I got him an espresso machine 
Um, Ooh, and I it's amazing. I know. And then I found out like a week later I was pregnant and I was like, damn it. <laughs> I'm so mad. I was like, I can't even enjoy this beautiful gift. So he's been enjoying it. I've been watching it. Um, <laughs> and I just cannot wait to indulge. Oh, cause it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so beautiful to watch it just come out into the cup. It's just right. gorgeous. <laughs> I know. Okay, so do you wear a colorful wardrobe or a neutral wardrobe? I find my wardrobe to be more in the neutral category. Um, again, you know, with with kids, sometimes you just want to. I, I go with stuff that will will hide stains well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everything I have is some some version of of you know a shade. Um, but I've got the colorful pieces. I definitely have an eclectic wardrobe. As my co-host of my podcast would say, I need to edit my life, um, <laughs> which is probably true. I need someone to come in and tell me like what needs to go. But again, when you're pregnant, you just have no idea what those things are because you can't fit into half your wardrobe. So, right. um, yeah, my everyday is, is, is a little more on the neutral side. Uh, and every so often I get, I get a little crazy. <laughs> Love it. I definitely have neutral wardrobe tendencies too. And I actually had a stylist work with me last month and edited oh, nice. the closet. But now my closet's empty, basically, and it looks right. so bad. <laughs> I, know. I know. I mean, I'm into these like nude. I tend to buy the same things over and over again, which I yeah. guess we all do. Yeah. But it's like if I get into nudes or I get into blush, like then I'm just buying, it's like I have 14 blush shirts. And I'm like, oh, why? Yeah. When I look at my closet, it's all the same hue. I'm like, what? What's going on? Didn't I already have that shirt? But, you know, your eye goes to the same thing over and over. Oh, totally. totally. <laughs> so Mimosa or Bloody Mary? Oh, again, I, I'm just dreaming of both. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would, I generally go more for a Mimosa. Mm -hmm. I, I love a bubbly anything. Yeah. Um, that's my go-to. But. I did have in the Midwest, because that's where my husband's from, I did have a Bloody Mary one that was unbelievable. It was more of a meal. I mean, it had a oh, slider yeah. on top of it. I know. They're and, you know, that's a drink that can just, you can just keep on snacking and drinking. And, like, let me tell you, if I can have a snack along with my drink. Um, so a Bloody Mary on the occasion when it's, like, really special like that. Yeah. You know, a chicken wing. You just yeah. it's just like a chicken wing on top like yes I'll go I'm all in <laughs> yeah, totally well that's why I love a Bloody Mary too though because if I know that I'm gonna be out like let's say like we're out day drinking or something and I know there's not gonna be that much food I know that if I yeah. order Bloody Mary like I won't get hangry on anyone yeah you at least get some pickles at the very least maybe a pickle exactly. a couple olives um plus you're getting some V8 juice so I feel like it's kind of like drinking salad, but yeah. also not. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Although there's a restaurant here in LA and I need to go back when I'm not pregnant because I dream of this. They have this, these cocktails that are gin and juice and you can get them with vodka too, but they're literally cold pressed, fresh juices with Where? alcohol. So you kind of, it's at commissary. Oh, yeah, uh, at yeah. the Lion Hotel. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of feel good about yourself while also, <laughs> you know, being like also having your alcohol. So I feel like it's a win-win. It really. is. 
And that it's so LA and just sounds so up my alley as well. <laughs> I know. Me too. Me too. I buy into it completely. <laughs> yeah. Right? I love a good bubbly drink too, though. I was out yesterday and there was a champagne drink and I was like, that sounds great. And it comes out and it just looks like a glass of whiskey. And I relook at the oh. menu. I know. And it was like, it was brandy with champagne. <laughs> and I was like, this is aggressive. <laughs> but wow that's yeah uh, that you yuck I don't I feel like brandy is really only good in a yeah that's a miscalculation brandy (laughs) is only really acceptable in a cider like at Christmas time in a hot cider otherwise like what who are you are you Fraser are you drinking a a snifter of brandy like who is drinking a snifter of brandy I don't know like my parents maybe I, it came out and I literally like Snapchat. Like I was like, not expecting this. Seems aggressive. Hope this doesn't kill me. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, a mimosa like, fail. Super... That's a yeah, yeah. So Run like... fail there, my friend. Mm-hmm. Yep, I will take that. I will own that. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the last one: takeout or cooking. I I am a cook. I cook a lot. I love a takeout, but I, um, I am, yeah, I, I actually am one of those rare people that finds it soothing. I enjoy mm-hmm. it, uh, for the most part. I don't really enjoy making toddler food. That is because <laughs> that's just a pain in the butt. But, um, but no, I, I do I enjoy putting a menu together and we, we cook a lot in my house. So, um, that's, that's sort of like the thing my husband and I do together. So do you like, it, it tends to be the same part? thing. Okay. Sometimes I do. Sometimes that also intrigues me. Like when I get really excited about making something new, making a menu, planning like a dinner party, and I'm like, I'm going to go to Whole Foods and I'm going to get a really nice piece of fish or I'm going to get a really nice steak. Like that's exciting. I feel like that for me is the equivalent of going to like Bloomingdale's for some people. I get really into it. Um, When it's just like the everyday hustle, that can get monotonous because you're like, oh, what do we eat this week? You Mm -hmm. know? Uh, so that can just be like a little bit like, Rrr. but, um, but for the most part, you know, if, if it's a good store, if I have a good store to work with, I'm, I enjoy it. It's when you've got just a crap store or you're like, yeah. say you're filming on location, which I've done before. And there's just, there's nothing good around and you're regulated to which frozen pizza looks like <laughs> the least non-toxic. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a struggle. That's a yes. struggle. Yes, I totally agree. The experience is a big thing with my grocery shopping and I will go to the Whole Foods or, you know, go out of my way for that just because if not, it just feels so just uninspiring. And I actually went to undergrad in LA and we had, I was at LMU. So there's Ralph's across the street from Bristol Farms. And it would just be like, do we go to Bristol Farms today and use like our lion dollars or whatever? Or do we go across the street to Ghetto Ralph's? Because we call it Ghetto Ralph's. Right. There was even <laughs> that one that was next to LAX, or there was the one in Marina Del Rey, which was nice. But it was always the temptation. Should we treat ourselves to Bristol? Oh, I know. And I mean, it is called whole paycheck for a reason. Yes, there you know, the Bristol Farms and the and the and the Whole Foods. There's a reason why it, it is so expensive. I get it, um, but yeah, I'm the, I'm the person that on any given day, if I have the energy, there are the things I get at Trader Joe's, 
right? Mm-hmm. There's the yes. paper products I need to get at the Costco or the Ralph's, and then there's like the specialty products at Whole Foods. But who has the time? I oh, mean, really? Yeah. No, that's the thing. You could spend your entire day going to the grocery store. Yeah, my husband just refuses. He refuses to go to Trader <laughs> Joe's because of the parking. He's like, no, if it's Trader Joe's, I'm not going. He, I'm just, <laughs> count me out. Yeah. <laughs> That's where he draws the line. <laughs> yes, at the Trader Joe's parking lot. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's transition this into your career. And let's kind of talk about what you've been up to lately. Because you have, I mean, you do a lot. So I do a lot. I want to talk about, you know, even giving yourself permission to do all of this and to be multi-passionate. So is there one thing that you were like, I know that this is what I'm good at. And then the other things are going to be hobbies that turn into career paths. Or have you always just known that you were always going to be dabbling in a lot of things? Um, No, all of these things, you know, have sort of like... From the very beginning, I say that I fell into this business. I fell into my career. It wasn't ever something that I was actively pursuing. So, you know, I'm cut to me being like four or five years old, and I'm just entertaining people at family reunions, singing to the entire soundtrack of Annie. Like, you couldn't stop me. I wanted to be, if there was anything that looked like a stage, I would get on it, and I would put on a wig, and I would make up a show. So... You know, at a young age, my parents were kind of like, well, you know, this one is not like the others. Okay. (laughs) She is is not like the rest of the family. Um, She may not be a banker, but let's (laughs) let's let her pursue her dreams. And I give my parents a lot of credit for that. And they, you know, they put me in dance classes and acting classes. And I was in theater groups. And that just kind of led to me having a career as a child doing some commercials and just, you know, very low stuff like in our hometown of Atlanta and once I was sort of discovered doing theater and came out to LA had an audition for step by step it was a real fluke really I mean I was not in LA pursuing that career as a child actor at all and uh, that was a job that you know kind of set me up for what is now the rest of my life Um, I did that until I was 19 and then went to school, uh, went to college at UCLA and just kind of continued in the business working as an actress. And it wasn't until I think my late 20s that I thought to myself, you know, I love this. And also I see the business changing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I want to sit around and wait for the phone to ring the rest of my life. And I had been on the receiving end of so many heartbreaking no's and so many close calls and so many, you're so great, but we decided to go another direction, which, you know, it's hard not to take personally, but that's, that's the nature of this business. So I felt the need to start diversifying and to have more autonomy in the choices that I made um, in my career, which is why I started writing. Mm-hmm. I started producing. I started making my own content. Um, I created a, a show called Love in Lakin, which was a ridiculous farce uh, <laughs> about a girl who used to be a child actor and thinks that everyone remembers her as America's sweetheart and nobody knows who the hell she is. Um, <laughs> and we, we made a web series. We sold it to Hulu, won a bunch of awards. Um, it took me to lots of fun festivals in France and all kinds of stuff. 
And um, that was really the first thing that I was like, okay, I like being behind the scenes just as much as I like being in front of the camera. Um, and that's kind of what led to, you know, me, me being involved in Hollywood Darlings. Um, Jimmy Fox, who is the, the, came to the, like the three of us, myself, mm-hmm. Jody Sweeten and Beverly Mitchell. And he had seen my web series and was like, you seem to have a good sense of humor about yourself. And I want to create an unscripted comedy that deals with like the real life relationships of, of these three women. I was like, well, yeah, I know them. Of course I know them. I've been friends with them my whole life. Um, so it was, uh, you know, again, like it's, for me, it was about finding other paths. I mean, as a choreographer, I have been doing musical theater since I was a kid. And then I got back into it in my twenties with a company here called, um, the Troubadour theater company, which is a well-known sort of underground company. Um, and I just ended up doing it. I just ended up being the person who had dance experience. And so I kind of fell into that role of, you know, choreographing here and there. And that led to me um, knowing the right person who asked me to work on a movie, which led to me making connections in film and television. And I've worked on the Goldbergs for five years choreographing. I know that's so random. It's so <laughs> random that I do that. But it's also to what I, in my mind, I was like, I like this. I like being behind the camera and I want to eventually direct. And this has been the best experience for me to learn, not as an actor, but as someone who is essentially what we call below the line. I'm on the other side. I am a part of the crew now. And that's sort of, you know, what I've been pursuing the last three years is, um, is trying to direct more of my own stuff and to shadow it on enough, enough series uh, that eventually someone will give me a shot to direct an episode. So you know, it's an evolve. It's an evolving process, and I think, like, it, not every, in this business in particular, not every avenue works out the way you want it to, or at least in the timeline you want it to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's important for me to have multiple irons in the fire at all times, and um, you know, and I, I have a lot of I have a lot of interests and a lot of passions. Yeah. So, yeah, when like when you know agents or managers say, "So, what do you want?" I say, "Well." I, I want to create a TV show that I star in and that I produce and that I direct. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, well, I, wa- I, I want to do it all. So, and, that, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think so either, but I think a lot of people are scared to admit that to m- themselves. Yeah, yeah, sure. Do you- and I think it's okay to not, I think it's okay to have all of those aspirations and know that they might not all work out at the same time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I it's think okay to say, today I'm choreographing and that's fine. And tomorrow I'm going to go on this audition just as an actor. And that's okay too. Or I wrote this thing and, you know, this pilot and people like it, but it's not going right now. It's, it's an evolving thing. And this, is, this game is not for you know, it's a long-term, it's a long-term game. And I've been in the business now so long that, um, I, I know that. And for some people it happens like on their first audition and for other people it is, it's a constant evolution of making the right connections, the right relationships and reading the room the right way. I mean, it's kind of lightning in a bottle when something hits and it hits big, like there's no, there's no telling why or now or, or, you know, why all of a sudden this network is looking for this right now and you have the perfect piece of, of material. So sometimes it's just a little bit of luck too. Yeah, totally. And it also sounds like a big piece of it is having the desire to learn and to evolve and being open-minded to different experiences. 
So where do you think that comes from? Has that always Um, just been inside of you? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, my parents were, uh, I think one of the things they did really well, like in terms of, because I've had such an odd or unusual upbringing, um, I was always very humbled to my experiences. I, I never felt as though I was on an upper tier of anyone else because I was on television as a child. You know, I, I, I'm always learning. I'm always growing. And I know that while you have to hustle and put in a lot of hard work, you know, there are a lot of people that want to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, so the only, you know, for me, I look at it like the only person I'm in competition with is myself. And I have to be the best version of whatever that, that is that I'm trying to do. So I have to be the best writer if I'm writing. And I have to be the best director if I'm directing and coming in to direct something. So, um, you know, I, I find it, you, you're not going to be the best the first time you try. Mm-hmm. So it's in diversifying your career or say you decide you want to start a blog. You want to, you know, you're going to transition and you want to start a podcast. It's a learning experience. You're not going to be perfect out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And you have to know that like, it's, you're going to learn as you go. I mean, I listen back to podcasts and I'm like, ah, you know, I hate my voice here. Like I could do that better. I should have cut that. Or, and like, I have to know that like self-criticism I give, it's just learning for like the next time. So right. I do, you know, I do self-analyze a little bit and I try to, I try to remember that it's all evolving and that nothing, nothing we do is, is static just because you have one good idea as a writer say, um, you know, people are scared to write it down. Well, what if I never have another good idea? I can't call myself a writer. You mm-hmm. will always have more ideas. If you had one idea, you're going to have a thousand ideas. You have to trust that that's, that's the case. And, uh, you know, that was one of the things I was so scared of. I wanted to create my own stuff, but the fear is what holds you back. Yeah. What if I'm not good at this? What if I can't do it well enough? What if I try it and I don't like it? Okay, no problem. I've had plenty of people say to me, I wanted to start a podcast and I did two episodes and I didn't like it. And I stopped. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. There's right. nothing wrong with that. You got to, you know, you got to cut yourself a little bit of slack, um, I think as well. We're all very hard on ourselves. Totally. And I think sometimes, you know, you do something and, you know, maybe it wasn't the most fulfilling thing that you thought it was going to be, but that probably is leading you to that next thing that you wouldn't even have come across had you not just stepped in a direction instead of just like sitting and waiting for something to come to you. Exactly. I mean, I think it's, I think it's true in any line of business, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to, yes, you have, you have to put in the work and at times there are things we all have to do that are not our favorite parts of the job, you know, but that's totally different than I keep doing this and I don't like it anymore. And, and that's, that's that little voice inside of you, that dread, whether Mm -hmm. with whatever it is that's telling you, then don't do it. Then don't do it anymore. If it's making you sad, then stop. It's okay. You don't, you don't have to say yes to everything because then that frees you up to do the stuff you really do want to do. And all of a sudden it feels like a burden was lifted off. Oh my God, I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> oh, I just love that. I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, it's twofold. We, we can't expect a success right in the beginning, but you also have to listen to yourself and what, what's authentic to you and mm-hmm. what makes you happy. Do you have to 
check in with yourself regularly and be like, okay, is this actually making me happy right now? Is this exciting to me right now? Or do I need to cut it out? Or do you generally like just always know that you have a good grasp on it? No, I definitely have to check in. And there's times at which, you know, listen, I have so many, I do so many different things. I've got my hands in so many different pots that when multiple things hit at once, I am the first one to admit I am in over my head. You know, I've got mm-hmm. life stuff going on or, and I'm, I'm pre-production on our show and I'm trying to podcast and then I get a voiceover job and then I'm testing for a series, another series. And I like my, and I have, you know, a draft due that people want me to turn in. It's like when that stuff happens, it starts to make me crazy in my brain. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why have I taken on so many things? Um, that's the only time that I, it, it makes me a little nutso and I have to just, <laughs> But like when it rains, it pours. And unfortunately, that's, that's part and parcel with, with being a multi-hyphenate, which I mm-hmm. guess is what I am. Right. Um, however, like that being said, yeah, you have to kind of, sometimes you just have to say no to the stuff that is, that is just not, you have to prioritize. Right. And the stuff that is not as important at that time, you have to say, listen, I'm really sorry. This is going to have to take a back seat for the moment. And, um, it is what it is. I, I cannot do those voiceovers right now. It's not going to work out. Um, so, so yeah, you know, I think taking stock of, of, of that constantly is important. And, um, and you know, in this business, I think we can like, you can get very defeated very quickly. (laughs) Uh, if, you you know you're putting a lot out there and not getting a ton back and that's just human nature I mean Mm -hmm. that's that's natural that's very normal and I think it's important like I've gotten depressed at certain moments when I feel like I'm working so hard and Mm -hmm. like it's not coming back around to me and I've you know I've gotten I've said to people like I think I'm just gonna quit I'm gonna quit it's too much I'm gonna quit and a good friend of mine said honey I don't think you need it needs to be black or white I think you just need a break And I said, actually, maybe you're right. And I stepped away for a couple weeks and I'm not going to do anything for a couple weeks. And I'm just going to, just going to be a mom and I'm just going to be a wife. And I'm, I'm going to go do something that makes me happy. When was Mm -hmm. the last time I did something, like took a dance class or, you know, went to a, went to a meditation center, got back into yoga. What are the things that took a cooking class Mm -hmm. for no good reason other than I like it? And it makes me happy. And it's weird how that fills you up and lets you then get back on the horse and say, oh, actually, I've got a great idea. I want to write this now. Or, oh, I got an audition. Oh, I like this. I like this script. I'm going to go in for it. Yeah, sounds, this sounds fun again. So I think we have to give ourselves permission to step away and not to be a machine when, you know, 24-7. I also find that it's really easy to get into the comparison game, you know, and that's, it's kind of what I mean with you're only in in competition with yourself. Like we can get into that comparison game real easy these days with social media. Mm -hmm. Who has this many followers? Who has this many likes? That person's life looks amazing. Why do I never go on beach vacation? You know, (laughs) like (laughs) you can get real sad real quick. I literally um, told someone today, why do you get to go to Jamaica and I don't? (laughs) It's so true though, right? You know? Um, And I mean, it can just sometimes be maddening. The thing you got to remember though, is that everyone's life is a little bit curated, A. 
B, when social media starts hurting your feelings, it's your job to step away. Mm. It's no one else's job, but it's your job to step away and like take a, take some evaluation of like what's real and tangible in this world. Um, so, I mean, that's, I think a little part and parcel with also trying to be a little easier on ourselves and reevaluate what our goals are and what makes us happy and not like play that comparison game of, well, I want to have, you know, what that person has. Right. Um, because again, it may not be authentic, number one, and B, that's that person's experience and not yours. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think you do a really great job on social media of being just real and this is what's going on in my life and not trying oh, to like over curate it. Is that, was that something intentional or was that a thing of like, if I'm going to be on social media and have a presence here, it's just, I have so much going on. I don't have time to curate it, you know, like to make it like the yeah. beautiful beach resort and every other picture and, you know, just like that typical yeah. influencer feed. Yeah. That's, it's just, I've, I, I can't do, I can't do an authentic it mm-hmm. makes it makes me cringe personally. So it's got to be, you know, it's got to feel at least authentic to my personality or who I am uh, for me to want to put it out there. And, you know, no offense to people who have beautifully curated Instagrams. God, they're oh, beautiful right. to look yeah. at, I will no, say. Yeah. <laughs> um, a, I don't have the time. Um, mm-hmm. And B, I, I just, I don't, I'm not into it. I, yeah. I think I'm... I'm just more into sharing like who I am and um, you know, if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, that's okay too. Um, but I, I find that, you know, my, my podcast is all about human experiences and you know, it's worst ever is if we get people on to talk about the work <laughs> happened to them in a comedic mm-hmm. way, in a darkly mm-hmm. comedic way. And I love that. I love being able to humanize, the fact that we are we are all one in one shape or another. You, no matter like where you come from or how many followers you have or how big of a celebrity other people see you as, um, we've all been dumped. We've all had rough moments with our families. We've all gone on bad vacations. We've all been rejected by, you know, a job. So we've all had fights with our friends. You know, these are the things that, that bind us and make us feel not as alone. And I feel like in some ways, you know, the internet has brought us like closer because you can see so much of, of other people's lives, but it's also in a weird way curated this experience that can feel very isolating. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, so I, I think for me anyway, I, I relish in those human experiences, like being at Bed Bath & Beyond the other day on my story and <laughs> I'm walking around with my daughter and I have been alone with her all week because my husband was out of town, which is tough when you're six months pregnant and you have a two-year-old yeah. and I literally momming it by myself. <laughs> um, and we went to Bed Bath & Beyond and for some reason it just was so soothing to me on a Saturday morning to be in the cleaning aisle. <laughs> and I was like, this is so soothing. Like, and I took a video and I'm like, is this weird? And as if on cue, my daughter goes, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. All right. Well, no one asked you. Yeah. <laughs> but that's real life. Like did, did not coach her to say that. That just happens. Right. But you know, it's it's perfectly imperfect. So. Yes. And I love that you say that. That's one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because I I've been blogging since like 2009, 2010 and there was a piece of it that started to feel like 
other people's perspectives of what it is to be an influencer or a blogger was so superficial. And it can be, but I know so many people in the industry who have such amazing stories to tell that just, I think conversation is the best way to tell those stories. And yes, a photo can go a long way, but I just wanted to bring like the conversation piece in it to show like Mm -hmm. people are showing up and sharing their voices because of the connection. And when we can all connect, that's, that's going to be the difference than you know, going down the comparison rabbit hole. Definitely. And I, and I especially feel like, you know, whether you're an influencer or a blogger, uh, you know, a writer, a director, especially with women, we have the tendency to pit ourselves against each other when mm-hmm. there's really, there's no need to be able to do that. When women get together and actually support each other, magical things happen, really, truly. Yeah. And um, I think that, you know, we're in, we're in an era of our time that I truly feel, and at the more women I meet that are influencers and bloggers in this community of just really, like, women who are entrepreneurs on their own doing it, mm-hmm. I think it's really exciting. And um, I think, like, you know, going to some of the blogger conferences I've been to or events and people collaborating with each other, there's something that's just really incredible. And I think uh, it, you know, very timely, like even on Hollywood Darlings, we ended up having these two female executives um, who were just so incredible, so incredible and amazing. And, uh, and another, another one that was a director and we didn't necessarily plan for this, but it ended up happening that we had these three women at the top of a show that's about three women and the difference just between, I don't know, the, just a working environment, it just felt like, wow, like we can, we can handle anything that comes our way. And uh, it, was, it was just an amazing, amazing experience. And it opened my eyes to, like, I'd already been feeling this, like, this, like I don't know, this, this energy uh, yeah. starting to happen uh, around the world. And, um, and it was like a living embodiment of that. It just was truly phenomenal. Totally. I love that. I don't know if you saw, there's this article going around right now. I can't, I don't know if it was like Forbes or whoever posted it. And it was like, millennial women are currently afraid that they're going to be out earning and outperforming their husbands or partners. And I was like, and everyone's like, no, we're not scared of that. Like, that's mm, fine. That no, we're not scared of that. We're good. <laughs> we're good. No, so one, funny no one's nervous. <laughs> I, know. I think you're nervous, sir. Yeah. The person who wrote that seems nervous. Exactly. <laughs> That's the person who's nervous about it. Because, <laughs> like, no, we're good. We're good. Like, it's such a cool and exciting time to create a career for yourself. And, you know, like you said, take your career into your own hands. It doesn't have to be this one thing that you do, and that's all you can do the rest of your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, people say, like, I've had, I've, I've sat down with, uh, you know, various agents in the past who have been like, well, you can't be both. You can't mm-hmm. be a writer and, a, and an actress. And right. I said, why? Because Lena Dunham can't do it. Mm-hmm. So many of these other women who mm-hmm. were watching do multiple things aren't allowed because we have to be locked in a cage and only like and sit there until you call. Like, that's a, rid- that's a ridiculous notion. Right. You know? I'm not going to, I'm not going to make a choice based off because you don't know how to sell me in both ways. 
So, you know, and that's the other thing. I think there are people who, you know, will tell you, oh, you can't do it this way or, oh, you can't do it that way. And, and you've got to really ascertain for yourself whether that's true (laughs) or whether that's because that person doesn't know how to do their job for you. They might not be the person for you to help you. Do you know what I'm saying? That's a really good point. Yes. Because just because one person is like has uncertainty, it's almost like checking with yourself is the uncertainty within yourself as well. Because I, I really believe that we kind of like reflect how we feel inside and like we kind of get that reflection back from someone else. And so like Mm -hmm. I'm doubting something, then someone else is going to pick up on that doubt and then say, eh, I don't know if you can do that. But like if I'm like truly owning it and being like, and then this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to figure it out, then a lot of times the other person kind of reflects that. Like, yeah, I trust you. You got this. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Definitely like a huge confidence piece to that. Would you say that you've always had the confidence to say I'm taking this into my own hands or was that something that came with time? Oh no, it's definitely something that came with time. I mean, I, it took me a while in my twenties to really have the gut to do something (laughs) myself. And I credit, um, a couple things to that. Uh, I credit going back to theater and mm-hmm. having a place that, I mean, I wasn't doing theater for the money. I don't know who does, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I went back because I needed a, I needed a community. Yeah. I needed a place that I could call home and that I could be silly and experiment and have fun and entertain and perform that wasn't so high stakes all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, am I going to get this job? Am I going to, I'm going to test for the series. Is the series going to go? <laughs> this is so high stakes. Um, right. So I needed a place to just be free and be creative. And so that was, that was one, that was one semblance of, I've got a place to go that will accept me for who I am. Um, and B, the other part of it was I took this really incredible class and I recommend it to anyone, not just, it's not just for actors. Um, it's for anyone who's looking to get out of their head and sort of into their body, I guess I'll say, their creative body. Um, it's called The Artist's Way, and it's mm. a book by Julia Cameron. You can do it on your own. Uh, it's sometimes better to check in and do it with the group once a week. But it gets you really out of your head of, I can't write, I can't create, I'm not good at this, what if, what if, fear, fear, fear. And that was the thing that really, like, like the, the floodgate opened after that for me and I was like I don't care it's great and I was like you know and I don't I don't care if I'm not good at this I'll never know if I'm good unless I try and if I try and I don't like it okay no problem if I make this thing and it's a huge failure the good thing is no one will see it Um, (laughs) so so you gotta you know you gotta you gotta just try life is too short not to not to you know pursue or at least like it was try something out and see if you like it. So totally. that was the other thing. And then, you know, it's, but it's been a, it's a constant evolution. Of course, you know, I, I, and I think that comes also just with, just with age and wisdom. And, you know, sometimes you can, you have old ideas in your head or old voices in your head from people who have said, you're this, or you're that, or you're not enough of this or enough of that. And those things can kind of start dictating um, how you feel about yourself 
Right. And when you can get out of that, uh, and you know, I, I think decide to redefine that for yourself every day, then, then those old, you know, those old stories of who you are, aren't, aren't necessarily, you're not hung up on it so much, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. you know, does. there's like, like, Two years ago, my husband and I got asked to do an independent film for a friend of his. He was he wrote it and he was directing it, and um, I ended up just like doing some like a couple readings for them as a favor. And my husband was going to do it, and he was actually looking for someone completely different for this role, and to play this like Russian madam. It's like a <laughs> it's like a major drama, and you know I don't do that much drama, even mm-hmm. though I like it. I'm mostly known for doing comedy. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, he said, hey, I was originally thinking this role would be completely different. And now I've watched you do it for two weeks and do these readings. And, you know, I was reading with my husband, just going over lines and stuff with him. He's like, and I totally see you as this role now. And would you do it? And I was like, yeah. yeah. He's like, it's not going to pay well. And I was like, I don't care. Yeah. I would I would die to do this. He's like, you're going to have to find your own wardrobe. And I was like, excellent. <laughs> I couldn't have been more excited yeah. about it because it was an opportunity to create. And sometimes like, again, it, did any of it sound like a financially sound decision when I said yes? No, mm-hmm. of course not. And I was three months pregnant, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it was an opportunity for me to do something a with my husband, which was incredible and B to dive into a role um, that was so far removed from the stuff people usually saw me do. I got so into it. I felt like I was back in theater creating something. And it's now, you know, it's gone to a ton of festivals and it's now out on flicks. You can watch it. It's mm-hmm. called Jimmy the Saint. Um, but anyway, it was, it, you know, it's something that is so wildly different from anything I've ever done. I'm almost unrecognizable in it. And that excites me. Yeah. That, that's like, that was a huge highlight. So again, like, I don't think we can always measure success by or define it by the amount of money you make or where it leads you in your career. You have to also define it by how it makes you feel. Totally. And because um, that goes a long way towards you feeling creative or feeling, you know, successful in that area and feeling confident in that area. I felt very confident after doing that movie because I tackled it. I did it. I know I was good in it. And then I was kind of like, oh, I could, I could do anything. Now, if you'd asked me to audition for that, I probably would have had some anxiety around it. Can I do this? Will they like me? Oh, I don't know. And like, will anyone believe this? I didn't, ha- I didn't, I didn't even think about it. It was just right. like, I just went straight in without thinking. So I love that. So yeah, I don't know. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. Well, yeah, no. And what really stands out to me is how you said, like a lot of it came with like age and like, you know, figuring things out in your 20s. And I'm 28. And so I feel like I'm at that year for the first time where like, I realized, oh, I didn't have any answers. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, every day I'm learning something new about myself because I'm now allowing myself to learn something new instead of thinking I need to have it all figured out. Oh, God, sure. And you know what? If I could go back now into my 20s and just have fun, I would. Because here's the thing. I tried to be so together. I was yeah. just trying to have it all together and to, like, have a plan and know what I was doing. And none of it matters. You don't have to figure any of that shit out right now. 
You really don't. You just have you just have to be passionate and live. That's all you have to do. The real adulting starts, believe me, it will start soon enough. Once you have kids yeah. and or you know a, like a, a significant other, yeah. then like, then there's there's other stuff to worry about. But it's um yeah, it's like how they say like youth is wasted on the young. It it totally is. And it will all it will all come together. For me, I had a big breakthrough. I think there were a couple of them. I had a big breakthrough, like in my late twenties, when I, you know, I took that class, and then I had another big breakthrough when I was like thirty three. That's the Jesus year, apparently. So <laughs> that was uh, that was another big shift for me in okay. terms of being and feeling like I was finally living in my body. I knew exactly wow. what I wanted in life, I felt like I, I wasn't scared to go out and get it. And I wasn't scared to say what it was. And I think those are all things part and parcel with getting what you want. You have got to curate the life that you want and not in an, not in an ugly way, but in a, you know, in a very like self actualizing way. Right. I love that. Yeah. And I'm, it's like, I'm just starting to creep into that and it's been a whirlwind because I, I literally wrote down in my journal today, I was like, what does being an adult even mean to me? Because I, a lot of times, like, so I grew up in the Midwest, which means all my best friends from growing up are married with kids. Married and have kids. Uh-huh. And I've always been on, yeah, and I've always been on the career route. And I was like, but wait, now I'm confused because I want both. What does that mm-hmm. even mean? What does that even look like? And so that's mm-hmm. been a very interesting thing to navigate. So I get it. You know, yeah. I'm from the South. So right. a lot of when I was in my 30s, I was going to wedding after wedding and baby shower after baby shower yep. and <laughs> feeling like, what am I doing wrong? Why yeah. am I the only one who is not doing any of this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> N- nothing's wrong with you. Nothing's wrong with you. You're just on your own path. And that's totally okay. Um, Again, with the comparison thing, everyone figures out what's right for them at at their time in their life. And, you know, I'm glad that I I didn't meet my husband. Well, we met when I was like, I think I was like 31, but we didn't get together until I was 33. Um, And... Uh, so he had been a friend for a couple years. Um, but again, like I, you know, I didn't, we got married when we were 35. I had my first child when I was 36. Like I have friends that had 10 year olds by then, (laughs) you know, I'm glad that I, I waited for the right person. I waited for the right time in my life, um, to do that stuff because you can't go back. There's no take back. Yep. Um, once you decide that's the path that you're on and, and when you, you know, and your life does change drastically and I was I was happy for the change we don't go on impromptu trips very much I haven't seen but maybe one movie this whole year it's okay (laughs) stuff will happen again eventually um but you know it's a big it's a big life decision if that's what you want and it's also okay if you don't want that you know there's nothing wrong with you if you decide that you don't want to have children seriously that's something that you know every aunt and annoying grandmother and parents <laughs> say when are you having kids don't feel pressured <laughs> in that you don't have to buy into it you don't yeah. um yeah. so you know that being said like can you have it all is that a fallacy i personally think whoever came up with that 
line, I think it's a load of bullshit. <laughs> can you have, what does that even mean? Right. You can have it all. So I can go to work and then I can go to the grocery store and then I can come home and I can cook for everyone and be a mom and I can have it all. Like, doesn't that sound amazing? No, it sounds tiring. That sounds very, right. very tiring. Totally. Um, <laughs> you can be, you can work and do all your chores, Cinderella. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, so I think we have to re, I think we have to reimagine that. We have to relook at that phrase. I think it's more important to have it good. And that means whatever mm. it means to you. For me, when I'm working, it means that I, I have to, I have to get help and I've never had a nanny, but I'm not saying I wouldn't, but I do have parents that have been very helpful and that's been a blessing. So when I work, they come out and they do, they pick up all the slack and they are with my, my child and my husband is, you know, my husband's a therapist and he works part time and he's really a 50, 50 partner with me because of the nature of both of our jobs. That's, you know, that's unusual. Um, just because of the nature of our work. Yeah. Um, but it's incredible. And the fact that we've both been able to be around her a lot in her first two years has been awesome. Yeah. So for us, you know, that's, that's the deal. Like he, he cooks, I clean, I cook, he cleans, like we make it work. Is yeah. it, are we having it all? <laughs> I guess, <laughs> I guess so. Some days are better than others. Right. You know? Yeah. And days are easier <laughs> than others. There's no perfect there's no perfect solution to any of it. Um, but yeah, can you, can you have a family and still have your career and still have your autonomy? Absolutely. Yes. You just have to figure out what, what, you know, how much help you need and ask for help when you need it. Yes. That's, that's the biggest thing. And I think the thing that we've like also gotten away from is this idea of our village. You know, I don't have family that lives out here, although mm -hmm. I do have retired parents that come a lot, which is amazing. Um, but, you know, we went through, we're, we're going through some family stuff now with a family member who's ill and it's been, it's been hard. And I really like you, people always say, reach out, reach out. And there's something in us sometimes that we get scared. I don't know. Like, I don't want to ask too much of people. Right. I don't want, when people say, let me know if there's anything I can do. It sounds more of like a trope. It's not, it's like, do they really want me to ask them mm -hmm. to come over and walk my dog? Because I'm like, like pregnant and dealing with a bunch of stuff and my husband's away. But right. like people do, they really yeah. do want you to ask. And I had so many friends come out in the week that my husband was gone and bring meals and just hang out and bring their kids over and play dates. So you've got to rely on a village if you mm -hmm. want to have it all, quote unquote, right. because I think that's the other part of it that makes, that just makes it work and makes it so that, you know, you can do multiple things and you don't have to give up every part of who you are just because you decide you want to have a family. Absolutely. I wow. love that. And selfishly, I'm like, you just life coached me. So I'm like, okay, I needed <laughs> to hear this today. <laughs> so. Yeah. Cause you know, I was, listen, I was scared when I got pregnant. I was, there was a fear of like, will I ever yeah. work again? Like, will being out of the game for, you know, four or five months, once I started showing, like, will I ever get to audition again? What will it be like when I have a newborn? Will I ever want to leave? Like, will I, you got to do everything in your own time and mm -hmm. know that it like life is more important than any kind of business. It just is. And yeah. that has to be good first before anything else can be good. So, you know, um, 
it, it will all come back around. It's, it's amazing. Children really, they really do. They bring a lot of good and they, and they're, they bring little baskets of money. I don't know how or why. <laughs> it's like the universe knows you need it when you need it. And they just, they come bearing gifts. That's so, amazing. I love <laughs> trust that. in that. Trust yes. in that. Yeah. Yes. Well, where can everyone find you? Where can they see you? What you're up to? Hollywood Darlings, of course, is on the Pop Network. So where else can they find you? Yeah. Hollywood Darlings every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Cool. Uh, we're almost done with our second season, but you can catch up on demand. And oh, you I can binge also find it. it. Ago, so. Oh, oh <laughs> I love you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's binge worthy. They're quick. They're fun little episodes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you can also find us on Google Play and iTunes and uh, YouTube TV and Amazon. So lots of places if you don't have the cable. Um, and then you can find Worst Ever Podcast. Uh, we are on iTunes and Audio Boom and Stitcher and um, uh, iHeartRadio, all the places. And we drop every Friday. Um, and then you can find me on all social at Yo Lakin. Yo Lakin. Pretty easy. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> when I say it, it's pretty easy. And I'm also on, I'm on the Facebook too. So Perfect. I do all the things. We can yeah. find you everywhere. <laughs> you can find me everywhere. Nope, oh, and I have a blog. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and I have a blog. Oh, I, sometimes I forget about my blog. I need to really blog more. I'm, that's the one thing I'm not great at, and I, I should be better, but, you know, time. Um, my blog is christine-lakin.com, and it's a lot of um, – I have some recipes. I have some mom thoughts, you know, just some everyday things. I've got a couple of – you know, every time I find something that I think is really cool, like a cool beauty hack or a, yeah. a fashion thing, like I stick it up there, not because I'm paid, but because I like to share the love. <laughs> So, <laughs> love, it, love it. So, real quick, do you have a fun beauty hack for us, real quick, before we wrap things up? I know. Oh, close. Yes. Okay. Well, I have two things that I just am obsessed with right now. Um, so, I'm a big natural deodorant person, mm-hmm. and I am kind of like a connoisseur. I feel like of natural oh, deodorant. Tell me more, because I'm like experimenting right now. Yeah, because for too long, I was just wearing, like, the bad-for-you kind. And then I went through a whole phase where I was wearing Old Spice. Like, who am I, a 40-year-old man? What's happening? Why? Well, I drank brandy last night, so you're fine. Well, okay. We're two peas in a pod, Monica. You with your brandy, me with my Old Spice. Yeah. Um, So we'll just turn on this old house and let's, like, make a weekend out of it. Um, So so I've tried all different kinds. And, like, some work and some really don't. And they just kind of smell good, but then they go away. There's a brand called Herba Viva. They make all kinds of really awesome natural products, including baby products. But they have two different flavors, flavors of deodorant. It's a spray deodorant, and it actually oh. smells pretty good, and it really works, like, like throughout the day. You're not having to reapply. And uh, so that's my favorite. That's my favorite deodorant. My other thing, I am such, like, my hair is really fine. Um, so I've, I'm kind of like a shampoo. I feel like I was over shampooing it for years and over conditioning it because it would get tangled. And I just have like weird feather hair. Um, so over the years, I feel like I've been doing that. And I recently just tried this new product um, that's called ACV. It's apple cider vinegar rinse. It's from a company called DP Hue. I've blogged about it before. I'm obsessed with it. It kind of smells like salad dressing. <laughs> not going to give you that bubble gum, you know, like herbal essences thing. Cause yeah. it, you kind of want like Olive Garden breadsticks. 
when you're washing your hair. But oh anywho, um, <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing. And I seriously, I don't use shampoo or conditioner anymore. No and I way. wash my hair like once a week. Yeah, I wash my hair once a week. And the texture of my hair is better. The blonde is better. The color stays better. It's just, it's way healthier overall. I even use it on my daughter. So no I highly recommend that. I don't know if those are hacks, but those are some of my I favorite so. things. Or just good things I mean, to know. I mean, I just yeah. moved to D.C. And this weekend I was actually doing the move. And I was like, it's 90 degrees out and I have to walk everywhere my natural deodorant is not cutting it. I did it reapply oh, yeah. like three times. So yeah, you know, this one's try good. This. it has a little <laughs> bit of like, yeah, it's a little bit of alcohol in it too. So I feel like that just like cuts down on the bacteria under yeah. there and that's what yeah. makes it stinky. So right. you're welcome everyone. It's summertime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Christine. This was so much fun. So much inspiration in this. And again, a little bit of life coaching for me, which really, really appreciate it because you're I need it. You're doing all the things right. You thank are. You're you. doing all the things right. Just trust yeah. in yourself and and uh, you know, thanks so much for having me on. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Of course. Thanks for listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free tips and trainings, head over to monicawoodhams.com slash podcast. You'll be able to learn more about this week's guest and how to connect with her as well. Talk soon, y'all.